we split up a year ago. We have a five-year-old son and we share 50-50 custody. But this new boyfriend, I guess he's the new partner. I don't believe he's a very good influence on our son. Hello, and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in the vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Vault. I'm joined here with Chris from the Inside Out podcast with Chris. Chris, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here again. Absolutely. No, it's great to have you. So for those listening, Chris is an NLP practitioner, a mindset coach, a mum of two toddler boys, and also a stepmom of two toddler... I was going to say toddler girls, all the teenage (laughs) girls. So it's all happening in your family. It is. It sure is. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So what we're going to do, we're going to cut to a caller. Um, We've got someone, a dad caller who's called in about... um, Basically, his confession is that he's struggling with co-parenting and would like some guidance. So let's cut to that call now. Something that's keeping me up at night is, well, my co-parenting situation, I guess you'd call it, with my ex. We uh, we split up a year ago. We have a five-year-old son and we share 50-50 custody. But this new boyfriend, I guess he's the new partner, I don't believe he's a very good influence on our son. Mainly it's his language. He swears a lot. He uses very loose and lewd language. Um, and honestly, I think his behavior and his general demeanor is just aggressive and it's not something that I want my son being around, to be honest. What I'm afraid about is that uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be dropping my kid off at school one day and I'm going to have a parent or a teacher or someone pull me aside and say that my son has been behaving similar to the way that this man behaves or that he's using foul language. I can see something like this happening and, and I would be absolutely devastated. So I guess the question that I have is I feel frustrated by the difference in values between me and this other man in my son's life now. How do I get through this? How do I communicate this? Because I'm getting really, really frustrated about it and I don't want to cause a confrontation. Okay. So Chris, I mean, I'm very interested, I guess, from your own personal experience and perhaps from, you know, friends and um, anecdotally, what I can only imagine how difficult co-parenting can be, in particular, if you're dealing with, you know, with someone or a couple whose values may not be aligned to yourself, like this particular caller. So, um, you know, what's been your experience with that? So, look, I think the biggest takeaway I can have for everyone who might be going through a newly new separation or divorce or something like that is you're usually, traditionally, when two people decide to go their separate ways, it's because your values no longer align. And sometimes that means your parenting values may interject into that too, right? So that would mean that you two no longer agree on what the rules of life are. So then that person, whoever, you know, you're both going to meet other people that do align with your values. And what that usually entails is the other person who you chose at the time to have a child with, that other person is going to be with someone that you might not like, you might not align with, you might not agree with their their rules of life, their parenting experience, right? It's hard. It is very hard when values are different to your own. But my main, I, th- I think my key point for this, for this lovely man that has written in it and thinks this is so beautiful that a, that a dad has come to you with this because 
dads need empowerment, dads need support, especially the fathers going through separations and in particular with 50-50 custody, which is something that we do have. It is very hard on the dads. I think that, you know, whilst they're, I'm all about the female empowerment and I'm all about supporting women, that is why I'm here, right? That is my my life's mission. But I think over time we 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 have smushed down what fathers really need and they need the support too. They need the resources too. They need the validation too. They need the love too, right? So I think it's amazing that he's written this in. So congratulations, Dad. Um, thank you for writing this in. You're an amazing father just for the awareness piece that's landed in for you of I want more for my son. This isn't good for this. I don't, I don't like this. This feels hard. So good on you, Dad. Um, the the biggest takeaway for for this episode has to be let go of what you can't control. You cannot choose who the stepfather of this child is going to be. Just like that that mum can't choose who the stepmother of her child's going to be. What you can control is how you choose to respond, how you choose to show up, how you choose to open the dialogue of communication of what doesn't feel good for you. And I think that's really important is open that dialogue. It's that if you're going through this this separation. With your ex and there is a bit of communication there that is civility and the main goal for both of you in most circumstances is that you both want your child to be loved and you both want your child to grow up healthy. Yes, the child is experiencing super negative, um, I guess is being exposed to super negative things, right? But it comes down to what kind of a dad you're being to him because he's got you 50% of the time. So what can you put forward? What can you say to him that's going to allow that child to have some awareness into his behavior? Of it. So in my house, my biggest thing in my home is we don't lie and I don't like swearing. Do I swear in my house in front of my kids? Yes. Does my <laughs> husband? Yes. Is it okay for them to swear? No, it's not because they are children, because they still have to get a job. They still have to find friends. They still have to get their first boyfriend. They still have to meet the mother of their boyfriend. They still have experiences and life things coming up where being a feral potty mouth child is not suitable in the rules of life, according to me, okay? So that, that's that's my value too. So I have very similar values to that dad. So for that, um, for that new man coming in, you don't know his life. You don't know his experiences and his story and what he was told was okay as a child. So he's obviously come from a very different walk of life to you. If you can come at that from a place of understanding and compassion rather than resistance and frustration, the dynamic in the dialogue of the communication will shift significantly, firstly, with with the mum, if you're going to have that conversation. Be super clear with what's expected of the behaviour in front of the child. If there is, you know, violence, drugs, alcohol, all that, not negotiable, of course. But if there is being language used in front of the child, I use language in front of my children and I still expect them not to use that language. There is still a rule book. They, he, the, the, the child is still a child. Mm. Okay, so dad, give yourself the permission piece to mm. talk to your son. Talk to him. It's not okay to swear at anyone's house in front of anyone. Do you get pushback, particularly from your daughter? Oh, of course. Yeah, like they'll be like, "Mum, well, you can't tell me what to do." And How? like, for context for our audience, I think your your daughters are 10, and 10, 10 and twelve. Yeah, five, yeah. Right? And they're so. going through the phases, and they watch TikTok, and they have Snapchat, yeah. and they do all these things that where you know language is frequent, right? And a lot of their friends, I've I've seen how their friends speak in text messages. They're swearing, right? And that's it's not the end of the world to have a child that uses language. It's about how, it's about giving the child the understanding of what is appropriate and what is not. And that is my main goal with the girls. It's, it's just like, I swear, they like, you swear. That's probably the yeah. main pushback is you swear yeah. in front of us. Yes, I do. I'm an adult. 
I have my husband. I have my children. I have my job. I have all the things I need in this life. You've got all of those experiences to go through and being a potty mouth feral little kid, you know, you're not going to get a a job at McDonald's at 14 if you are or, or hold that job if you're swearing across at other staff. This is about learning the consequences of your behavior as a child and that's age appropriate. Yeah. Um, I definitely receive pushback. It is definitely a tricky conversation. What you can do at one house might be different to how you do it at the other house, but take the control back, Dad, and, and the permission of yourself is what it's actually okay for you to have different rules. It's okay to have two houses with two sets of values and two sets of rules. It is okay for it to be that way. Is it confusing for your child? Well, think about you going to a job, two different jobs, one week at one job, one week at the other, and you've got two different bosses wearing two, you know, it's your switching hats for each boss, right? You can be this person here and this person here. Mm. It's a, the awareness, communicating to the child on the level of that child as an awareness piece mm. for him to understand that swearing is actually really inappropriate for a child. Talking to mum and saying, this is the conversation. If, if she's not receptive of the, of the discussion, right, and if she pushes back and she's like, don't tell me, you know, who I can be with and how to live my life, sometimes that can happen yeah. with women that might be feeling uh, attacked by the comment. I think then take take it into your control of how you can then speak to your son, tell the mum this is the discussion you've had and say, look, I'd really appreciate some support on this. I don't feel comfortable with our son going to school and using language. I don't feel comfortable with him being around an environment where there is language whilst I can't control it. Give me, please give me some support. And if it may not be supported, so then you have to go back to, okay, what can I control? Bring it back into the focus of what is within my home that I can control, how I can choose to show up for my son, how I can give him the lessons, the teachings, the learnings, let it all come land in for him. I'm going to put that on me, right? And see how that lands. It's really difficult as well, isn't it? Particularly with, you know, children who are younger, he's five years old. So I think, you know, typically kids are picking up what's in their environment, right? And so Mm -hmm. if they're kind of, you know, mimicking people and stuff and they don't quite get it, I get, I get where he's coming from as well. But what I love about what you said is, okay, sure, but how can we empower the child Mm -hmm. and, and, and better understand so that they better understand the boundaries that you're willing to set. I think the other piece that's kind of, I get why he'd be embarrassed is imagine parents are coming up to you, tap, tap on your window. Oh, by the way, you know, little old son was swearing at my house and that's completely inappropriate. I mean, imagine the level of frustration you would feel. I mean, what could you say to that dad, you know, having experienced Mm -hmm. that? Like, I'm smiling because I'm I'm actually already in it, and oh, we talked. Right, to, yeah. And I'm, I think we touched on this the other week when my son yeah. Jesse, three and a half, Dad, so three and a half, <laughs> and he was going to daycare, walking around, going, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck?" And that was just rolling off the tongue. And they told, they came to me. The teacher's like, "Oh, we're a bit concerned." I'm like, that's not what he's saying. He's never said that before. I don't know like how he could have, where he got that. And then in the car on the way home, he's like, "What the fuck, Mum?" And I was like, "Oh God, he's saying it." However. Reiteration over time, this was probably maybe, oh, it was before we went to Fiji, so probably about four weeks ago when this yeah. all went down. And it's come up a few more times, right, where he said these words. Yeah. However, now, because it's we don't say that in this house, that's not how we speak. That is all I say to him, and I've said it consistently for a month now. Yeah. I've said it in the car to my husband, like about a driver cutting in front of me, oh, fucking hell, what the hell, or something yeah. like that. And Jesse goes, Mummy, we don't say fucking hell, what the hell. We're not allowed to say that in this house. Yeah. He's three and a half. So I, so yeah. reiteration, um, be consistent and yeah. cont- continue. It might take some time, but continue that communication model to the child. 
Yeah, I love that. That's such a good example. Now, I want to know, you you made mention of the fact that we don't know the journeys that people walk, right? So, Mm. you know, it sounds as though, I mean, we've only got a snapshot of this listener's confession. However, he's feeling a bit disgruntled towards the partner of the um, ex because of a number of reasons. And you made a point. We don't know what that guy's experienced. Is it worth, I guess every couple's different, but have you found it being worth trying to befriend I mean, again, it can be interesting if the dynamics are confrontational, et cetera. But ultimately, do you think that that's a helpful scenario if you try to befriend or get to know your ex and their, or particularly their partner on more of the mainstream level so you can appreciate where they're coming from? Is that even possible? I think for a lot of people it is possible. It sounds like with this dad that it's not going to be possible. But what I can encourage him to do is go and shake the man's hand. Go and knock on the door and say, hey, how are you? Tell me a bit about you. Mm. I'd love to get to know you more. Even if it's fake, even if you don't mean it, do it for the civility in front of your child. Do it so the child feels that no matter what happens at mum's, dad's going to know. No matter what happens at dad's, mum and, you know, her partner are going to know. So that start if you can start that in a co-parenting relationship from the beginning, that will just allow your child to be a child and be parented by their parents, whether that's two, three or four parents, it will allow your child to be parented and you will never feel like you don't know it's something or that your child, because they can learn very early how easy it is to say one thing at one house and say another at the other house. Mm. And mum, if mum and dad aren't communicating, if mum and dad aren't effectively communicating, mm. then you can get away. the child can get away with it. I was a, parent, a child of divorce. I did that to my parents. I know it's possible. Mm. So... You might not want to shake his hand. You might not even want to look at him in the eye. You might not want to talk to your ex-partner, but you're not doing it for them. You are doing it for yourself so that there is civility for you and take the ownership, take the fucking power. Mm. You're this child, you're your boy's dad. He looks up to you. He loves you. He doesn't want two homes, but he has it. So how can you honour him and honour yourself and set the tone for the relationships for your child to have in his life? Mm. It's so true because you don't, I mean, also just your kids potentially have experienced a fair bit of conflict in order for, you know, in the relationship itself, in order for it to get to a point where two people have decided to part ways. I can only imagine if that conflict and resentment continues to be there, um, you know, throughout their life, oh, mum this and, oh, you know, know, a bit of disgruntledness between the two parents, where does that leave leave the child? I don't know, even from your experience, um, is it, you know, how can that impact the child if they're constantly seeing negativity around them? It's very confusing. It's very, very confusing. Um, I think that it adds a trauma level of trust, in, in, a tr- distrust in themselves and distrust in adults and not knowing what's real. Mm-hmm. And later in life that will that will really, really harness some disempowerment for the child. So create the foundation now, set the rules. See, Dad, you have 50-50 and it's great. There are so many dads that don't get that. That this this woman trusts you with the child and you trust her with the child and it's going to be tricky and there's going to be stuff you don't agree on. Mm-hmm. But set the tone, set the foundations. What do you want five, ten years from now? What do you want that to look like? Do you want to go to your son's wedding where you and your ex-wife are sitting on two opposite sides and you can't look at each other without feeling anger and resentment? Or do you want to high five and say, well done, we did it, mm-hmm. we're done now. Yeah. You know, do you want a, your child to be an adult with children that has to have two separate Christmas lunches mm-hmm. because mum and dad can't be in a room together? Mm-hmm. And that is realistic for a lot of us. It really is. And 
that's okay. And if you and if that's the road you're taking, then that's that, no, that's okay too. But you do have the ability now at the age that he's at and, and how fresh it is to take some control over what you want for the future. Yeah, I love that. And what I, even from books and things that I've read, um, I I really respect the approach where one parent says, I'm not going to say anything negative to my child about the other uh, the other parent, even little things, um, even if you are in a relationship, right, even with myself and Jules, we're very mindful, even if they, the kids see us bickering, if Noah tries to jump in and goes, oh, is dad being silly or something, I'll always say, no, 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 dad's not being silly. We're just having discussion. Like, I'm never, you know, I'm very Absolutely. I don't want the kids to start picking up, you know, our shit basically. So oh, yeah. um, what will the like, thoughts on that as well? And, and, and perhaps even a little bit of advice around that, particularly mm. if you are co-parenting. Be honest. Um, I know, uh, you know, in the past where I've ha- we've had the three of us standing having a conversation um, but with my stepdaughter's mum and, and they get they would get super nervous and they want to be like listening to the conversation and the three of us would be like, this is an adult conversation, please go away. This And they're like, but it's about us. Yes, it's about you. We're your parents. Go inside, please. And that was like as a collective, that was a really strong foundation for those moments, which was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself and my husband, you know, couples fight. And remembering that this child also has come from a separated home. So when dad, when you choose to repartner um, and you have a disagreement with your partner, be really honor your son in that moment of the conflict and the trauma that might be associated unconsciously with, with how he's feeling. And both of you sit and say, we're okay. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes people don't agree on things, but we're a team and we're going to work through it. And that's okay because the, the trigger points that come up, right, the activations internally for a child that has separated parents, if they, you know, build a relationship with their stepmom and they have their dad and then their stepmom and their dad have a fight, that can trigger something inside them. And they might, they might not even say anything, but if, you, if they're in the vicinity and you know that they've heard something that might not have been appropriate for them to hear, be open with them and say, we're okay. I just want to let you know, we're okay. We just had a disagreement and we're working through that because that's what we do. That's what adults do sometimes. Um, don't just push it to the side. That's probably the advice there that I would let land in. Um, just like you would, just like I would with my two. It's no, it's no different, really. It's no different. Honor your relationship, honor your child and be really honest and open. Mm, what about where there was a mention in this confession around, look, my son and I feel as though my ex is prioritizing her new boyfriend. Mm. Um, and, you know, what the hell do I do about that? That's out of my control. Mm. I say this from a place of love. Maybe she should. Maybe she's finding who she is again. And maybe she lost herself in in your relationship and lost herself in being a mum. And I don't know her and I don't know her circumstances, okay? So this isn't for everyone and I could be very far off the mark and apologies if I am, but for some women who I have been around in the past where they have gone and done a similar thing and they've had those similar comments or their children be like, you're you're putting him in. And even for me, with my mum, I said, you're putting your, your husband first. Why is he always in front of me? Why is he better than us? He wasn't better than us. She was building a relationship. She was falling in love and it's okay. Like give give yourself the permission to forgive her to do whatever she needs to do to be happy because a happy mum is going to be a happy son when he comes home to you. And it might not look how you want it to look and it might not be how you want it to be, but I can tell you right now it's not what she thought either. For the majority of people, it's not where she thought she would be when she had your son with you. Mm. So remind yourself of the love you once had, however you once felt. It's not there anymore. There's some shitty things that are going on. 
But for that piece alone, I'm going to choose forgiveness and let her go and do what she needs to do. I'm choosing to show up for my son. I'm choosing to put my partner second before my son. In my personal belief, my stepdaughters have always, I've always been second because of my experiences. I always make sure I'm second. I'm okay with that. But for some men, if this man doesn't also have a child, he's totally new to this. He's coming into step parent land 50% of the time. It is scary. It is hard to navigate. He is choosing whether he's going to love and commit to a child for the rest of his life and this woman. That's, that's a, that would bring up a lot of triggers of fear, of commitment, of, uh, of guilt, of unsurety, insecurity. Yeah. And he, that man likely already feels inferior to you because you will always be his dad. Mm. He's coming in as second best from the start. Yeah. And that's really, that would be really hard for a man to take in. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, like actually thinking about it from the other lens. Like I love that. Like rather than sitting in, oh, shit, what am I doing and how can I control it all? It's like, well, hold on. There are two people on the other side of this and perhaps if I show a bit of compassion, it will help me too, you know. It does. It helps you let go of what's not within your realm of expectations. Absolutely. Um, You're like, Dad, you are doing the best job ever, just the awareness level. Of that you have your emotional intelligence for this child is more than enough. You are doing enough. You are enough. You're a great dad. And you should be really, really proud of where you are right now. And this is your starting point. And I like it's such a beautiful thing to to have listened to, to know that this is where you're at and you are so highly concerned for your son and you are such a great dad. Yeah, 100%. What if you are noticing though that mum, let's call it, is dropping the ball on things? So for example, we forgot to sign that excursion letter or whatever. I wouldn't ever forget to do that. I think, you know, and I get it. I'm a super organized person. So I, I, if I was him, I'd be like, what the, how do you forget to sign a form? You know, so perhaps he's similar to my personality. So how do we control that? What do we do? Take control of all of the excursion letters yourself. Yeah, the school to email, uh, ring the school and say everything. Please come to me. Send mum a copy, but please make sure it comes to me. Yeah, it's, it's all a matter of choice. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. of you, perhaps, because mum might get a bit finicky about that. What do you mean? I'm going to do the back, but maybe you both. So I don't know. Like, and if mum's goes back, cool, great. They've got two. Yeah, Yours always goes back. Yeah, yeah. And then there's no problem. That's right. And when he said the piece around, you know, I pack the lunches the night before, I get organized the night before. And at the other household, it's not so much like that. What came to mind for me was um, perhaps at the other household, sons learning independence, resilience, all of the things, right? Because we try to do everything we can often Mm -hmm. for our children, but sometimes to their detriment, like they should also stand up and be a bit more independent too. I don't know. Did you have any thoughts around that comment? I think, again, back to the key core key message of this take this podcast episode let go of what you can't control you can't control the rules of life in another house that you no longer live in you can control the rules of life in your house there's this and there's going to be a lot of things but if you can take ownership and responsibility for how you respond and how you feel and how this is internalized within you if you can do that work now um and i mean look Look, you, you might be a potential coaching client for me to work with. It might be worth if you, if you want to learn more about this stuff, I can help you. Um, please message me on, on Instagram and we can have a chat. But if you do this internal work now, you will save yourself the next 10, 15 years of a lot of resistance and a lot of pain points with the disagreements that may come to play. Mm-hmm. You do what you can. You do what's best for you and your son. 
Anything else is not your problem. Talk to me more about how dads, how mums, how we single parents can support themselves talking about this internal work Mm -hmm. in a situation like this. I believe that getting coaching, a life coach, a relationship coach, speaking to, talking, talk, talk to someone that has been through this, talk to someone that has walked this road before you, listen to them, take in what they're saying. Don't just think, you know, you're not the first man that this has happened to and you will not be the last. And you, you know, I think it's 60% of Australian relationships end in divorce now. It's a high number. It's, It's okay if you are struggling with this. And it's okay to also go and do some work around it. And what that would look like is delving into mindfulness practices and understanding perceptions, projections, so everything. And this might not land in yet because you're not actually doing this work, Dad, but letting it land that everything is at your projection. So everything that's pissing you off about them actually comes back to you. And how does it come back to you? It's either a worthiness piece. So you're feeling rejected. You're feeling the lack of worthiness to yourself. It's where if it's a lack of commitment from mum with the excursion, so she's not committed to the son, where are you not committed to you right now? How is that your projection? So going into everything with how is is this me? Where in my life am I frustrated? Where in my life am I not committing? Where in my life am I feeling rejected? That's why it's bothering you so much because it activates something that you you have in you that needs work. And once you clean all that up, that stuff, the little stuff, the micro moments, they don't get to you as much because you're in total control of your emotions. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, as you said, it's so beautiful to see how much he cares and loves his son. You know, the more that you focus on yourself and your um, do the inner work, as you said, you potentially may be able to come to a solution more quickly and also brush things off. You know, they won't get to you as much, which I yeah. think is where everyone wants to get to. I certainly even want to bloody get there, you know, <laughs> like yeah. on the day to day, like there's so many little things. And I, I, I mean, talking about feeling aligned and sort of doing that work, even for myself um, at the moment, I feel misaligned. And I know when I feel misaligned because everything, the smallest thing, someone cuts in front of me in traffic and I'm like literally steam coming out of my ears. So I think your body definitely does give you signs, doesn't it? When you, you've got to kind of take that step back and, and um, reassess to, mm. you know, do you, do you feel it in your body too often? Or well, for what, sure. What? I'm, I've done a lot of work on myself and I can actually determine, okay, had, I guess what I do is where am I feeling this specifically? Get really specific with where in your body it feels funny. So if my hands are shaking, I'll be like, why? Okay, my chest is tight. Okay, my shoulders feel this. And then I go deeper into that. Um, I do a lot of work within the, the body of cleaning up the anxiety or cleaning up, releasing the the emotions of not feeling good enough, releasing the emotion of self-judgment and things like that, shame, guilt, fear, sadness. So mm. somewhere your, your body is responding accordingly to the actual core emotion that you're carrying on right now. Absolutely. So to that dad listener, I don't know, I guess any final words of advice from you, Chris, around, you know, we've, we've had so many juicy comments from you. So <laughs> thank you. But, you you're know, welcome. I guess to wrap it up, what would you say to him? You are good enough. You are doing a great job. Be proud of where you are and honour yourself on this journey through parenting. Really honour who you are and what you want um, and give yourself permission to know that life stop, life doesn't live by the rule book that it once did when you were together because you're not together now. So how can you create a new set of rules that are going to feel good for you and bring you comfort? And I'm here if you need, if you want to talk more, please reach out. Love that. Perfect. We'll pop um, Chris's details in the episode notes as well. Thanks so much for your time again, Chris. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Netflix on the show. The times of the Macca's party or just the parcel parcel at your house with, you know, a Women's yes, Weekly yes. cake. I'm sorry, they're long gone. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.